Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on this Friday. I'm Josh Raymond, glad to have you with us here on the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. How's your Friday starting off? Hear anything? Uh, I don't know, any big news that's happening? <laughs> well, of course, if... Uh, if you've listened at all or tuned in or uh, gone maybe on your phone or other mobile device to see anything that's happening in the, in the U.S. right now, the news has come out that Roe v. Wade has been overturned today by the U.S. Supreme Court. Almost 50 years after that original decision that legalized and gave constitutional protection to abortion, and today that is no longer the case in a 6-3 to three ruling, on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case, the court, the U.S. Supreme Court declared, and this is a quote from the decision, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. Again, that's a quote from the majority opinion uh, from the court that was written by Justice Samuel Alito. And so... What does that mean for us, and uh, what what happens next here? Well, um, I thought it would be good to invite, at the beginning of the hour here on The Inner Life, our executive director, he's our CEO and chairman of the board here at Relevant Radio, Father Rocky. And uh, Father, I'm glad to have you here with me as we kind of kick off this hour on uh, really a, a huge historic day for us in our country. It truly is. Thank you, Josh, for letting me sneak in on your program. It's a fine program. You've got such a great bullpen of priests who participate on a regular basis. So um, I didn't think the decision would come out today. I thought it would come out late uh, next week. Um, but uh, in uh, God's providence, it's released today, and the decision is 6 to 3, um, which is a big majority of the court. That's like a 2 to 1, huge majority, um, recognizing that there is no such right in the United States Constitution uh, for abortion. So this is an historic day for the United States of America, but it's truly a win for all of humanity because at this point in history, uh, because of God's providence or for whatever reason, I mean, the United States is recognized as the most powerful country on earth. Everybody watches America. Believe me, China's paying attention today. India's paying attention. All of Africa, Central America, South America, all of Europe, the Vatican. Everybody's paying attention today to this decision of the United States Supreme Court that after 50 years, um, we are saying there is no constitutional right to take the life of an unborn child. And I think back to the day of October 7th, 1979, when St. John Paul was among us here in Washington, D.C., and at that mass on the Capitol Mall, he said, and when the life of the unborn child in the womb is attacked and threatened, we will stand up and say no one has that right. So um, hats off to the millions of people who have prayed and worked uh, patiently and peacefully to um, help us 
uh, understand this, so that the scales fall from our eyes. And, um, you know, I also give credit to the president of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, Archbishop Jose Gomez from Los Angeles. He also serves on the board of directors of Relic Radio because very early on his term as the president of the UCCB, um, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops made a statement that um, abortion is the preeminent issue of our time. Uh, the bishops had never uh, made that statement before. It really got people's attentions in terms of what well, we really need to pray and work uh, for the end of this uh, terrible practice. And for quite some time, I've been convinced that prayer is more powerful than politics because, you know, I've grown up with abortion. I remember first time I heard the word, I was in eighth grade. I remember when it became legal. I was in eighth grade. I remember kids in my public high school um, having abortions. And I'm thinking, you know, this just can't be. This is not good. That's not good for them. It's not good for the child. It's not good for America. And I, I realize that this law can't uh, stand forever because it's not based on God's law. It's not based on natural law. And uh, it, at some point, it, it has to um, it has to disappear. And, um, you know, all these years we've worked for this and, um, you know, really credit to all those who've done that because it's embedded in our, our founding documents that people have a right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So we thank right. God on this Feast of the Sacred Heart. We do recognize that we're at the tail end of our 405-day rosary novena. We've been praying for an end to legal abortion in this country. We've prayed close to 500 million memorize on the air. We've had 60 or 70 bishops and cardinals lend their voice to that memorize, all of our show hosts and many children. And, um, you know, so this is really, it's an answer to prayer. Now, I know there are reports out there of there's going to be demonstrations and a night of rage and Jane's revenge and Ruth sent us and all that. But I think they're largely overblown. Um, I don't think this is going to lead the country into a civil war, not even close. It's totally different from um, the practice and institution of slavery in the South of America leading up to the Civil War. Um, the slavery institution was was the whole economy of the South. Abortion is not the whole economy or even close to any part of that in our country. And uh, people are able to cope with this. And ultimately, you know, Americans were better than this. You know, we have a, uh, a country and an ethos where we make room for people. We help those who need a hand. And um, we need to strengthen family life so that fathers take responsibilities for their actions. You know, the uh, widespread of divorce in our country has not been good for the stability of the family. And, yeah. you know, we have to hold men accountable for their actions and behaviors. You know, that they support their children, they support the mothers of their children, they support their wives and all that. So a lot of things going on today, but we, we really thank right. God. Well, Father, one thing I wanted to get your uh, take on as well, you know, this is from a national, a federal level that we're talking about here with this decision. The ruling really sends the issue back to the individual states, and there's going to be a number of states that will still allow or support or give access to abortion. So right. there, there's there's still work to be done, and this doesn't, oh, sure. you know, as much as we want to celebrate and we want to say thank you, God, for this huge monumental step in the right direction, there's still more that has to happen. Right. So I think it is a um, huge victory in terms of awareness that um, the Supreme Court of the United States, the highest court in the land of the most powerful country in the world, has made an overwhelming statement 
that there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. And so again, the whole world is watching this. All of the states that have um, the, the the abortion available, you know, California, New York, and such, they're paying attention to this. Everybody's paying attention. This is the number one news story today, tomorrow, and probably next week, and maybe throughout the summer because it's been 50 years of this practice. So you'll have states where it's not legal, and you're going to have states where it is legal, but public opinion, which forms our behaviors and our attitudes and actions, um, will largely be on the side of life. And we've seen this in our lifetime. Well, you're kind of younger than me, but, you know, as a kid, um, nobody wore seatbelts and nobody thought twice of throwing their garbage out the window as they're driving down right. the road. And there was a massive Or even sitting sitting in the back of a pickup. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That was always a big You know, one. without any seatbelts. Yep. But now yep. you don't get in a car without putting your seatbelt because our understanding has changed. And you wouldn't think of throwing your garbage out on the side of the road because that's littering and that's sure. irresponsible yep. and it's anti-American. So laws really do change behaviors. You know, so in 1973... During the OPEC oil crisis, the federal government uh, lowered the speed limit from 65 or 70 to 55, and everybody slowed down. Traffic accidents went down. Consumption of gasoline went down. So good laws can lead to good behavior, and bad laws can lead to bad behavior. So if you change the laws, you can change you know, sort of uh, the attitudes over time, right? Over time. So this is you know, this is a big, um, big victory in that regard. And I think over time, um, you know, people see, again, you know, as a youngster, um, the drinking age in Illinois was 21. And the drinking age in Wisconsin, 10 miles away, was 18. So you had all these high school kids, 16, 17 years old, going across the border with fake IDs. And all these traffic accidents and fatalities of young, drunken drivers until they changed the law, I think, all over the country, you've got to be 21 years old. And I think we'll, you'll see the same thing in terms of uh, uh, guns. You know, they're going to raise the age for that. They're not going to eliminate the right to have it, but the, the age for it. You know, you don't let, you know, 12-year-olds drive cars on superhighways. They're not old enough yet. They're not ready enough. Maybe 16, maybe 18, maybe 21. Um, so laws, you know, good laws can have good effects. Bad laws can have bad effects. But it's a, it's a process, and we'll continue to work to pray and educate people. But I really want to thank our blessed mother, uh, mother yeah. of life, um, for her intercession. I want to thank all the people on Relic Radio who have hung with us these past 10 years, praying the memorari every hour for this intention. For all the people who have joined us in the Family Rosary Cross America every evening for the last 403 days, praying for an end to legal abortion in this country. And tonight, in fact, we're going to do the rosary live. It was going to be pre-recorded because I got a couple other things going on, but we've we've cleared the deck. We're going to do the rosary live tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time in Thanksgiving to God in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. So I hope everybody can join us at 7 p.m. tonight, Central Time for the Family Rosary Across America. To give thanks to God and our Blessed Mother for saving the lives of unborn children. That's great. Yeah, and you'll also be celebrating Mass on the air coming up in about 45 minutes, too. Is that correct, Father? That's correct, and we will thank okay. God for this. 
Good, good. Thank so, you so yeah, much. you can listen. Thank you, Father. It's always good to have you on the program. Thanks for taking a few minutes out here. Again, you can join Father Rocky for Mass. It'll be coming up here right after uh, the Inner Life, and that's at noon Central. And then again, join later this evening, 7 p.m. Central, for the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky. And uh, Father, um, great insights that he shared there. And if you just joined us a little late, and you heard some of what he was saying, but you didn't catch all of it, and you'd like to go back after this hour is over, I'd encourage you to go back and download the podcast. It'll be available at RelevantRadio.com. You can also find it on the Relevant Radio app and uh, listen to everything that Father Rocky was saying about this historic decision that overturns Roe v. Wade almost 50 years after that decision came down from the U.S. Supreme Court. And again, you are listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. I'm Josh Raymond. And, of course, this is our, our program about spiritual direction, um, taking a little different approach here today in light of this ruling that came down, the 6-3 to three ruling from the Supreme Court that no longer allows for the constitutional protection at the federal level for abortion. And uh, we do have our regular spiritual director that's with us as well. Father Craig DeYoung is with us. He's a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, and he's the pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish there in Austin. And uh, Father, uh, thanks so much for coming on and joining us for the hour. Today, we want to talk about um, our our topic is trusting God, um, and I know a lot of that is going to obviously be spoken in light of this news that's come out today. Uh, first of all, before we maybe get into trusting God, any initial thoughts that you have on the ruling of the Supreme Court and uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Well, I feel like we should be in the streets uh, singing Te Deum Laudamus, right? <laughs> you know, just praise to God that uh, you know it, the prayers have been heard. And, uh, yeah. you know, the Lord is yep. faithful, the Lord is uh, trustworthy, and, and when we pray, when we are persistent in prayer, um, amazing things happen in, in the life of the world. And um, I'm just uh, overjoyed. I, I think when I saw the news this morning, um, you know, I, I I actually got a text from one of my parishioners, and I didn't know the news yet, and I went to the to the uh, to the internet and sort of uh, said, oh, what's going on? And I saw it. I just started dancing in my office. I was so excited. Uh, it was just uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to hear. And I just thought how beautiful and how providential on the solemnity of the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that just, this is from the Lord's heart, that he is the God of life, right? Uh, and uh, he desires uh, life and goodness and beauty and truth. And um, it was just really great news. And then, of course, um, I began thinking about all the work that is uh, still left to do. You talked with Father Rocky about that, and I just think, um, you know, the, the pro-life movement, um, you know, this is not the end. This is uh, a new phase, a new chapter in that work, because uh, the dignity of human life is, um, you know, from, from cradle to grave. You know, there's so many things that we um, we have work to do to give witness to the goodness of God and, and uh, his love for us and the love of every human person, and there's just uh, a, a great a great deal of things that will still be happening as a result of this. Yeah, no, that, that's such a great point, Father, because not only in states where abortion might still be allowed, where there might be access to abortion, but in those states where it it is no longer legal, there's such an opportunity then for pregnancy help centers and other organizations like that really 
to do even more good in helping those young women who find themselves in a place where they don't know what to do and they're not sure how they're going to provide for themselves or or for their uh, unborn child that they're expecting. So, so many different ways. Uh, and, you know, that might be a good way to kind of transition into this topic of trusting God, because so much of what we look at in our lives, I think, when it's hard for us to trust I think it comes down to one of two things, and, and you, can, you can add to this if you think there's more to this, but it, when I think about it, at least, it comes down to either fear. You know, that's one of the things that so often is used as a talking point when it comes to abortion, that there's fear, you know, this is going to ruin your life, this is going to make you to where you no longer have any options and you're going to be burdened, and so there's that fear aspect. Or the other side might be that there is you've trusted someone in the past and you got burnt. You know, they let you down or they deceived you. Um, they uh, they scammed you somehow. You know, something like that. So either there's fear or there's mistrust because you trusted in the past and that trust, it was abused. So are, are there other areas that you see where people might... Uh, look, and it, it it really ends up hampering our ability to trust? I, I mean, I think it's exactly what you've said. Um, you know, and I think fear really is, is the deepest root because, you know, even even then, um, you know, the, the particular wounds that we've, um, that I guess we each bear, you know, from places where maybe our, our trust has been broken, um, people haven't truly, you know, sought our good uh, or even have taken advantage of sort of our trust in the past. That's a serious obstacle um, to further trust, especially in the face of fear and legitimate fears. You know, I think about the young mother in a situation who um, wasn't expecting or, or thinking about pregnancy um, and is now pregnant and going, well, what will everyone think about me? What will my family do? Will I have support? How will I pay for this? Um, not to mention, uh, you know, pregnancy is, is not just for nine months because now there's a child in this who you'll have to raise, right? Um, and so there's a lot of fear about all the things that you, uh, you know, you'll have to to, to uh, take care of, and can I do that? And how will my life have to change in order to do that? Um, but there's a fear um, in, in so many ways here that um, you know it, it can be an obstacle to trust. And I think at the very heart of it, it goes really back to the garden. You know where um, you know in this place of of mistrust, the enemy wants to take uh, in the place of those fears, in the place of of those wounds. Um, he, he wants to speak lies to us about the goodness of God, right? That God isn't, um, a, a, you know, a good father, that he doesn't care about us, that, um, you know, he's not going to take care of us or, or provide for what we need in our lives. And, um, yeah, I think that is the heart of it, right? That fear and then the wounds we carry um, all become obstacles to trusting in God and trusting that God will provide for us in this life. You know, the other thing that comes to mind here, too, is we're, we're now— just initially on the backside of this change in our country, Roe v. Wade being overturned. When Roe v. Wade, when that decision first came down, I think there could have been, you know, that that kind of mentality, that thought of what is happening here? 
you know, God, why are you allowing this to happen? How could this ever happen? You know, Father Rocky kind of made that that statement as he was talking at the beginning of the hour. This is this is just out and out wrong. How could this ever happen in our country? And when certain things are allowed to happen in our life, certain things that, and, and I mean, this is a deeper question than just trust, because, you know, whenever we see something, any suffering or anything that we say is, you know, a bad thing that we go through, something like that, it can make us say, uh, is there something that I'm missing here? Or it can make us question that trust that we should have in God. Any advice for somebody who is in that situation where they say, yeah, you know, it's, I'm going through this difficulty and I, I thought this is what God wanted. It looks like all signs would point to this, but for some reason God has allowed this other thing that doesn't seem good at all to come through. You know, I mean, we, we aren't clairvoyant. We can't see the future. So we don't know how things will turn out, but that really, seems to be a stumbling block for that trust. Yeah, it really goes to that fundamental problem. Um, why does a, a good God allow uh, suffering or evil in the world uh, is, is really kind of the heart of it. And uh, I mean, I've known many people, and you know, sometimes myself included, who have thought you know, that, that everything points to yes, and then things don't work out the way we expect. And in fact, um, you know, we suffer a great deal because of it, and it's very painful. And, and we go, well, if God really loved me, he would have done it this way. Right or he wouldn't allow this to happen. Therefore, you know, God uh, doesn't love me, or he's not as good as right. I thought he was. And um, you know, I think uh, that is one of the the greatest obstacles to belief and, and trust in, in, in God. And you know, what does what does the faith say about that? Well, I mean, my understanding would be that. Uh, we understand it through the lens of of a certain mystery, um, not meaning that it's uh, uh, you know uh, unknown entirely, but rather that we can't wrap our minds fully around it. That there's things that we um, you know we can't understand fully the plan of God, and yet uh, what we've been uh, told in the face of that is that God is the God who can bring good even out of evil. Right? We look at the cross of Jesus Christ, the most you know sort of um, evil event that's happened in the sense that um, God becomes a man and we put him to death on the cross. He comes to us with love and we reject that love. Um, and yet God makes this the very moment of victory where it becomes even his glory. And um, the cross becomes uh, the place where life conquers death. And this is this is the message of, of the faith in, in really its entirety is that, um, yes, there is evil in the world and yes, there is suffering. How does that happen? Um, well, in a certain sense, we don't know all the ins and outs of it. And yet, what God says is, I am good, I love you, and by being in relationship with me, I will give you um, the fulfillment of your heart, which you really truly long for, uh, life eternal, right? And and I think that's always the, the challenge here is that, you know, it feels sometimes like God pulls the rug out from under us. We think that if, if I love God, then everything will go well, and it becomes something of um, sort of a health and wealth sort of gospel, where if you love God and do everything right, then um, everything magically happens for you, like a, a vending machine Jesus. I put my quarter in, I do my prayers, I do my Hail Mary, I go to Mass, uh, and then nothing bad will ever happen to me. I get what I want out of it. And relationships don't work that way, uh, do they, right, in real life, you know, that, um, um, you know, we, it's about love and trust in the face of those things. And I think that's my answer for this, is that, 
when we're tested, when these times come, when, when things don't go the way we expect or want, the Lord permits that as an opportunity to, to forge our heart, to temper our hearts, to draw out of our hearts a deeper faith, a deeper hope, a deeper charity, uh, that actually it becomes a gift in the sense that God um, helps us to put our minds and hearts in higher things, to seek first the kingdom of God and the things that last, the things that can't be lost, the things that don't rust or decay. And, um, and if we accept in those moments of suffering um, the gift of faith, the gift of hope, the gift of charity, um, we become more who we're meant to be. You know, we're sanctified, and we become more like Christ, and eventually we become saints. Our spiritual director today on The Inner Life, Father Craig DeYoung. He's a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas. Today we're talking about how we can grow in that trust, that trust that we have in God. What have you had to demonstrate in your life? that you truly trust God, that you take him at his word, that you believe he's going to provide for what you need. And how has God proven his faithfulness to you? You're welcome to call in and join the program. Maybe you have a question. Maybe there's something you're struggling with. It's a difficulty for you to be able to trust God. Uh, 888-914-9149 is our phone number here to call in and join us in the studio. 888-914-9149 or you can email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. He's a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, the pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin, Texas. Today we're talking about how we can grow in our trust in God. And maybe that's a difficult area for you to trust God, to be able to let go of that kind of control that you have in your life and give God the control. Of course, whenever we talk about control, that kind of becomes a tricky subject because we're not in control, really, of all that we think we are. But also taking your phone calls here, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, if you haven't heard the news yet, if you uh, just tuned in, also want to make you aware of uh, major breaking news today coming from the U.S. Supreme Court, the uh, decision almost 50 years ago of Roe v. Wade, that original decision that legalized and gave constitutional protection to abortion uh, that has been overturned in a 6-3 to three ruling on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case. And the court uh, ruled that uh, they uh, had that opinion come forth today. The majority opinion from the court was written by Justice Samuel Alito. Uh, one of the phrases very early in that opinion document, uh, it says, quote, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion 
and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. So, uh, yeah, it's a day to say a prayer of thanksgiving to God for the lives that will be saved because of this decision. Uh, but there's still more prayer that's needed also because now it reverts back to the individual states. And, of course, there's going to be states that will still allow access to abortion. So I encourage you to continue to pray um, very, very fervently every single day. Please pray for the souls of the unborn, that they are protected. Also pray for those working in pregnancy centers and other uh, different organizations and apostolates that help support uh, young uh, mothers, expecting mothers who are worried and scared and, you know, there's, they're, they're thinking that abortion is the only answer. Well, now there's so many more opportunities. Uh, but getting back to our conversation with Father Craig DeYoung, uh, Father, as we're talking about trust here today um, and how we can grow in trust, one of the other words that you threw out, you talked about the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. Trust and faith seem like they would almost be the same thing. Are they the same? Is is trust the same as having faith in God, or are there subtle differences when we talk about trust and when we talk about the virtue of faith? Well, I, I believe them to be very intimately intertwined, as you've mentioned, uh, that they are very close. I think the, the subtle difference maybe is when sometimes um, we use the word faith interchangeably with trust in sort of our common language. Um, I would understand faith in more of a um, specific sort of way using the word is to believe what God has said in the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? That believe that what Jesus, uh, that Jesus is Lord, um, and uh, all of the consequences that come out of that um, belief that God truly is as good as he says he is, that God is a good father, um, that he has sent his son to us, he desires a relationship with us, that he forgives sins, uh, and that when we um, in faith receive uh, through the sacraments, um, you know, his grace, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our hearts. And so uh, faith in that sense is, it's a type of trust, but it's, it's um, a very specific kind of trust. Like we can generally trust people, you know, and be trusting sorts of people, uh, but when we use that word faith, I think it's it's very specific in, in, in its technical sense of, of meaning like belief in Jesus Christ who is Lord and all that that entails. All right, so we talked about the side of fear, especially when we are, uh, you know, finding ourselves struggling to trust God. I also mentioned that maybe we've had somebody take advantage of us, somebody deceive us. Uh, how can we get past when somebody has hurt us, and it makes us less likely to trust other individuals, you know, that can also color our trust of God, too, you know, especially if it's somebody who we should have been able to trust. You know, there's one thing where it's a stranger I get taken advantage of, but if it's uh, a parent, if it's a teacher, if it's even somebody in the church, you know, if uh, another priest that I knew, uh, there was something where I was, I was let down or I was deceived— you know, somebody in that leadership role where they have such a key uh, impact on my growth, my development spiritually, and then I find it difficult to trust after that, how can we be able to move past that and be able to regain some of that trust that we've lost so that we don't we don't put that on God when he doesn't deserve that. You know, he, he, he has been faithful, 
even though other people in our lives haven't been faithful, how do we get around that? Well, that that is a really um, serious challenge, and I think all of us struggle with that in some uh, in some way. You know, we all carry um, varied wounds um, in, in our hearts, and I, I think my experience has been uh, the very first thing that's helpful to me is not pretending that I'm not hurt, right? You know, to honestly acknowledge um, the truth of of the harm that's been been done to me, not with a victim mentality where woe is me, woe is me, but just say that this person really did hurt me, and um, it really um, was a very painful experience, and I feel you know betrayed or I'm angry or um, the like. And, um, and, you know, once we acknowledge that, then we have to, to relate it to the Lord. That's the, that's the place where we have to come before God and, and ask all of our questions, express all of our, our fears or doubts, and, and, and really share our hearts with God. Um, and then comes that faith we were talking about a minute ago, um, and say, you know, what does the cross of Jesus Christ, what does the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ say uh, to this situation? You know, because in that moment we're tempted to believe that maybe God isn't as good as we thought he was, that um, maybe he's not even there, or that we're not good, or we're not worth loving, um, that sort of thing. And uh, we have to allow the Lord um, a voice, right? We have to allow his word to speak to us, to say, uh, no, I, I search out the lost sheep, right? I, um, you know, I'm in pursuit of you. Uh, he has a, a scandalously particular love that he, he loves you. It's not just like a, a general sense of love for everybody, which is, is a truth, but also it's like, for you, I love you. And here's what I have to say to this particular situation in this life, that God is a good father and he loves you, he adores you. You know, he looks at you and says, you know, you're my boy, you're my girl, right? I'm proud of you. You're beautiful to me. Um, you know, what, is, what does the cross of Jesus Christ say about that love, the, the sacred heart of Jesus say about the love? He says, I'll fight for you and I'll die for you and I'll love you to the very end. Um, and, and so you have to acknowledge it, you have to, to relate it to the Lord, and you have to give him that opportunity to speak, um, to let uh, his revelation, what he, what he shared with us in our faith and our tradition and the sacraments, speak to that wound. And then we have an opportunity of response, right? Faith, right? To hope in that moment, or uh, even to choose to love the person who has hurt us, to love the, the, the person who has caused us harm, to, to will their good, and uh, in that moment then to forgive them. Not to forget, not to pretend necessarily that nothing bad happened, um, but with truth, uh, to choose uh, love, to choose to will the good for that person as well. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, what does the Sacred Heart of Jesus say about this? What does Jesus say on the cross? And I think of the phrase that we pray at the end of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. And there's a difference in saying, Jesus, I trust you, and really trusting him. You know, it's it's easy to speak words. It's another thing to live it. Because in my relationship with my wife, if I, if I say I trust my wife with everything we have, but then I don't allow her access to certain savings accounts or checking accounts, if we buy a house or a car, and it's only in my name, I'm not willing to share ownership of all those things, my actions speak pretty loudly maybe a different reality that I don't trust her but that much it might seem much more difficult when it comes to trusting God you know I might not be able to see as we talked about earlier I don't get to see the future I don't know the plans that God has in store for me and so there might be this reluctance 
to trust him since I don't have all of those details of what he has planned. How do we go from saying, Jesus, I trust in you, to where we can make that a reality? Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. That's a, that's a really wonderful question because, you know, um, trust is not binary. It's not like you do or you don't. Um, a lot of the times it's like, um, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, it's this place of um, you grow in relationships, you grow in trust. And so there's sort of, um, um, you, you mentioned marriage with your wife, you know, on your on your wedding day, you say, um, I do, right, before God and before his church for the whole of life. And you mean it. Um, and then you have to grow in that each day, and you have to say it uh, differently at different moments, and you have to begin to live it out. And that, that process takes a long time, um, probably the whole life of the marriage, I would imagine. Uh, you know, that, that it, is, it is something that's not sort of static. It's not like sort of set in stone. It's, it's the thing we grow in. And that's actually one of the great beauties of our, of our faith is that, like, the Lord justifies us, um, bringing us into right relationship with himself. But then comes the, the whole life of sanctification by growing in love of God and love of neighbor and choosing uh, to love in the hard moments. Um, we are sanctified. We're transformed. We're made holy until the day we stand um, in the halls of heaven as saints among the saints for all eternity. And so trust is the same, is, 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 is really that journey in a lot of ways. Uh, and it has to be translated into to action. You know, faith without works is dead, right? You know, you might say trust right, without right. works is dead. And so it has to translate into um, loving action towards God, you know, loving action towards um, others, be that our wife or children or people in the world. And I think what happens is you, you make little acts of trust. You trust God a little bit, and um, you know, and then you have that experience of, of growth in, in, in your spiritual life. You begin to trust Him more, and uh, you, you keep doing these actions, and you begin to see the fruit of it in the spiritual life. Um, not, not always the earthly life, because you know, uh, those things don't always go the way we want them to or expect them to, but we see the fruit in our relationship with God and our relationship with others, um, you know, and uh, I mean, think about the impact of those moments where you've trusted your wife and how that's brought you closer, right? A deeper sort of intimacy there uh, when you've shared your heart there and has been reciprocated, right? You could, you know, you can be hurt at times when you do those things. But um, ultimately, though, that's where real intimacy is found in that, um, that, that, that deep trust between, uh, between persons. So I think it's a gradual sure. thing, and uh, I think it happens little by little, and um, something we have to choose each day in new ways. Well, I'm glad you went back to that word choose, because that's the thing that stood out to me. You know, as you're talking about where we have to make this, you know, take it from the theoretical to having it lived out, it has to be actions. We have to do these acts. And you said, you know, we have to choose to love. And I, I, I at least for me... <laughs> There are many times where I will look back and say, oh, I wish I could have been more whatever, you know, the, the, the thing might be, more generous, more loving, more trusting, more, you know, whatever it was. And I don't realize maybe in the moment that I am being presented an opportunity to make a choice. And, you know, you, as you're talking about, the more we do it, the easier it gets. Because when we make a deliberate choice to act a certain way, to love someone, to trust God in, you know, his leading, the more that we do that, the more that 
repetitive choosing will become habitual for us, and then we don't have to work so hard at it. So uh, if we find trust difficult at first, it strikes me, it's probably going to take some work. We're going to have to make very deliberate choices initially until those become habitual, and then we find ourselves able to do the trusting and the loving in a much more natural kind of organic way in our life because we've made those choices early on when it was difficult. I think that's right. I mean, that's, that's how the life of uh, virtue typically sorts of, sort of works. I, I think um, the challenge that we face, though, is we, we begin doing those things, and sometimes it seems like maybe it's, it hasn't gotten easier, right? And oh, sure, uh, sure. That, that can be very discouraging. You know, um, I was promised that if I keep doing these things, it's going to get easier. Um, and I think in a certain sense, um, we're kind of thinking uh, holistically in the life of the virtues because various circumstances um, can make it um, more difficult. So imagine, um, you know, how hard it is um, sometimes to go to Mass on Sunday morning when you've had a really, really difficult uh, week and you had to stay up light, late um, the night before and, and maybe because you had to go to the hospital and take care of somebody. I mean, all, all these sorts of things that get, that can impact that particular moment. And so I think in general what happens is we, we trust and we, we grow that habit and it becomes easier. But there are always moments that will not be easy. Um, even as even as we progress in that, and I think the reason for that is uh, probably because God desires for us um, even greater trust. And so, you know, like when you're exercising, you, you get to a certain level um, in weightlifting, for example, and then you're going to start adding more weight, right? So you can get even stronger, you know. And I think that happens as well. And so, while it does become easier. Um, if things are remain the same, uh, the Lord's going to um, increase those things because He's getting you ready for heaven, right? He's getting you ready for a life of eternity lived in perfect trust with Him. And so, yeah. once we sort of reach a level, I think the Lord, um, you know, invites us to the next level. Right, right. Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, not that not that it gets easy to a point where we plateau and we don't grow and we don't move forward, um, but that there's always God urging us. On so that we can have that hope of heaven. Uh, talking with Father Craig DeYoung here today on The Inner Life. He's a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas, the pastor of St. Louis King of France Parish in Austin, talking about how we can trust God, how we can grow in that trust. What about you? When have you had to demonstrate in your life that you truly do trust God, that you believe he's going to take care of you, to provide for whatever you need? And how has God proven his faithfulness to you? And you can call in at 888-914-9149. Maybe it's a difficult uh, task for you to try and trust God. Maybe it's something you're really struggling with and you'd like to ask Father Craig a question. You'd like some advice, some insight. 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll be back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today we'd like to thank Mike, who's listening in Minnesota, for donating his O'Day sailboat. Join in with thousands of other listeners to donate your old vehicles or your old watercraft by visiting RelevantRadio.com car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined this hour by Father Craig DeYoung. He's our spiritual director. He's a priest in the Diocese of Austin, Texas. Today we're talking about how we can grow in trust in God. 
Um, also, if you joined late and perhaps you haven't looked at any of the news that's come out today, I want to mention again uh, Roe v. Wade has been overturned today by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, Huge news here on the life front. Uh, Almost 50 years, uh, I think about, what, six, seven months shy of 50 years from that original decision that legalized and gave constitutional protection to abortion. Uh, So today, a 6-3 to ruling on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case. The court declared that the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and that no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. That's from the majority opinion that was written by Justice Samuel Alito there for the U.S. Supreme Court. And so um, reason to absolutely say a prayer of thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to be doing that in a very uh, significant way. This evening, I'd invite you to join Father Rocky on the Family Rosary Across America as we'll be offering prayers of thanksgiving, but also praying together for the different needs that we have. That's at 7 p.m. Central here on Relevant Radio, uh, the Family Rosary Across America. And uh, also keep the individual states in your prayers, uh, because now this ruling sends the issue of abortion back to individual states. And uh, while some states will ban abortion, other states will still allow it. And so there's still a lot of work to be done there. Uh, But again, today here on The Inner Life, talking about how we can grow in our trust in God and talking with Father Craig DeYoung. And uh, again, the phone number 888-914-9149, Father, there's a passage in Luke's Gospel. This is in uh, the 11th chapter. And Jesus, he starts out with a, a part that's pretty familiar, I think, to all of us, uh, where he says, Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, the one who seeks, finds, the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Then he goes into this kind of example of if your child asks you for something good, would you give them something bad? He says, if your son, you know, asks for a fish, would you give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? And he says, if you, who have all your faults, all your problems, you know, you're, <laughs> you're sinful people, and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, he's perfect, he loves absolutely, how much more will he then take care of you? So, uh, As we're looking at this, this is, again, just trust God. If you ask God for something, trust him. He's going to give what is good to you. Um, What I guess initially, what stands out to you in what Jesus is saying here? What do you take away from this, and how does it help you to put into practice that that, uh, (laughs) difficulty uh, of trusting in God sometimes? Well, you know, fathers, excuse me, Fathers um, desire the good for their children, but not in the way children sometimes desire um, their fathers to be good to them. Uh, You know, kids often expect their father to give them everything they want if they love them, and yet the father is thinking of the total good of that child, the the greater good of that kid, that they would be formed into um, good and and mature adults, things of that sort. And so I, I think of that, first of all, I think of how a father loves their kids. You know, and I think that's what we're supposed to do with this. You know, he says, uh, what father among you would hand his son, um, you know, a snake when he asks for a fish or a scorpion, an egg? Um, you know, and he's saying that you who are wicked do this, but how much more than will our father in heaven? Like our father in heaven says what? It says, how much more will the father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
Um, and so, you know, earthly fathers think of earthly good for their kids as well they should. Um, but our Father in Heaven is thinking um, most of all of that eternal perspective of the greatest gift which He wants to give, which is Himself, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in our hearts, that we would be sons of the Father and be in a loving relationship with God for eternity and with one another in that family of God. And so that stands out to me. It's just that the Father loves in this incredible way, and He is uh, going to give good to us, and He won't give evil to us, um, but He wants to give us the greatest good. Um, that good is so much better um, than an egg or uh, even a fish. Yeah, well, uh, what comes to mind is I think this also might be going back to something else Jesus said. You know, he he brings a child in front of his disciples and says, if if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be like this child, have this childlike faith. And I know if I tell one of my younger kids, Come on, we're going, you know, we're we're going to go on a trip, you know, we're going to go get in the car. They might ask a question, but even if I don't tell them where we're going, they they'll just get in and go along for the ride, you know. And and especially they don't care about all the logistics. They're not going to ask me if we have enough money for the gas, you know, uh, uh for the car or you know, if we're going to be gone for a while, where are we going to eat? You know, uh, any of those kind of details. They just know that I'm going to take care of it or their mother's going to take care of it if we get in the car and we go somewhere. All they have to do is just simply get in the car. Just obey. Just get in the car. Put on your seatbelt. And I think for us, you know, that if we're able to do that, if we're kind of able to get in the car and let God drive, it makes it that much more of an enjoyable journey. We don't have to stress about all those little details. You know, God's going to take care of it, and I'm just going to... Uh, the the ride that I'm on here in life is going to be that much more enjoyable. Yeah, I think the heart of it, too, is that those little children believe in the goodness of their father, that he wants to give them something good, even if they don't understand what it is. And I think that's, for me, the heart of this, is that we have to believe that our Father in Heaven really does want us to give uh, give us good things, that he is good, that he wants to give us good. And so when that happens, you know, um, we're able to be obedient to the Father's will, right? We listen to it and we do it, and that's the fulfillment of love, that that because we know God's love for us, the Father's love for us, and we love Him, even when we don't know all the details, even we don't know exactly where we're going to end up, um, we're going to do and go where He leads us, um, because we, we trust in His goodness and His love for us. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned that uh, familiar cry of of the the follower of Christ I believe lord help my unbelief and as you're talking about you know going back to that do we believe that god is good do we really trust him uh, any uh saints that you might recommend that we turn to maybe look at their lives or their writings or any specific prayers that you might recommend that can help us as we try and grow in that trust that belief that you know yeah I really do believe god is good well, I don't think anything beats the scriptures, and uh, there, there's just so many beautiful passages in here that we can use our imagination to enter into. I think of um, John's Gospel, chapter 4, the woman at the well. I think of John's Gospel, chapter 8, you know, uh, the woman caught in adultery. I think of Peter on the water, you know, walking out of that boat. I think of Mary receiving the angel and, and Joseph, uh, the dream. Um, I really think the scriptures are the best place to go um, yeah. and to, to just share your heart with the Lord and ask him to, to um, share his love with you. 
That's beautiful. Father Craig DeYoung, we've got about 20 seconds left here. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners today? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour your light and your love upon the hearts of all those listening to Relevant Radio today and upon our nation. And we ask you to show them your face through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the love that you have for us, that we may be able to call you Father and truly be your sons and daughters. I may God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Craig, for being with us. Uh, Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next. Of course, more on the Supreme Court decision coming up on the Drew Mariani Show. He'll unpack that for you. Stay tuned. That's 2 o'clock Central.